Episode 51, Lay Your Charges Upon Your Children. Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So not a whole lot has happened this past week. We've been involved with our homeschool and we got a family outdoor space set up yeah that was nice we enjoyed that this evening mm-hmm. it'll be fun to sit out there and do some of our lessons mm-hmm. even if there's a light rain we have a covering so that's true there's it, a lot of light rain out here mm-hmm. and if it, yet, anyway. <laughs> if it doesn't get too breezy then it won't be an issue with our notebook pages and all mm-hmm Well, today we are talking about laying our charges upon our children, and we're continuing with our, we're continuing our discussion from A Family Well Ordered by Cotton Mather. And to begin with, we're going to go ahead and define charge using Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Of course, what else would we use? Of course. So we scrolled all the way down to entry 12 to get the applicable definition for our topic. Mm-hmm. And Webster says, to lay on, give, or communicate as an order, command, or earnest request, to enjoin, to exhort. There are four charges that Cotton Mather encourages parents to lay upon their children. His first charge is from 1 John 3.23. This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. He continues by saying, charge them to carry their poor, guilty, ignorance." polluted and enslaved souls unto the Lord Jesus Christ, so that he may save them from their sins and save them from the wrath to come. Charge them to mind how the Lord Jesus Christ executes the office of a prophet, a priest, and a king, and cry to him that he would save them in the execution of all those blessed offices. Another one of his charges uh, comes from Haggai 1.5. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. He continues with, Charge them to set apart a few minutes now and then for consideration. And in those minutes, charge them to consider what they have been doing, what they should have been doing ever since they came into the world, and if they should immediately go out of the world, what will become of them throughout eternal ages. Mm -hmm. Then he branches off to share a story about a dying parent. And we're going to go ahead and share that with you here. I have read of a dying parent who laid this charge upon his wild son that he would allow one quarter of an hour every day to consider something or other, anything, as his fancy led him. The young man, having for some while done so, at last began to consider why his dying parent should lay such a charge upon him. This brought on so many devout thoughts that before long, the desire of the dying parent was accomplished in the conversion of the young man. Oh, if you could engage your children to think upon their ways, there would be hope of their turning to God. The third charge he mentions uh, is from Matthew 6, 6. He says, uh, Enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father that sees in secret. He explains, Charge them to retire for secret prayer every day. Talk with them till you see that they can tell what they should pray for. Then often charge them to pray every day. Yea, sometimes ask them, Do you remember the charge I laid upon you? 
Ah, parent, your children will do well as long as it can be said, Behold, they pray. And your house filled with your children's prayers would be better accommodated than if it were filled with all the riches of the Indies. And the fourth charge is from Proverbs 9, 6. Forsake the foolish and live. He continues with, Charge them to avoid the snares of evil company. Terrify them with warnings of those deadly snares. Often repeat this charge unto them. If there is any vicious company, shun them as you would the plague or the devil. Often say, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Often say, My child, walk with the wise, and thou shalt be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So his charges come along, you know, you can see where it's a good foundation in the belief of Jesus Christ. I wonder if one of the most challenging of charges to see through to is helping one's children to avoid evil company. Mm -hmm. That comes up, seems like, quite often throughout what we've been reading in Cotton Mather and and how important that is. You know, if a child's going to be swayed away, you know, is it going to be from the company they keep? Mm Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if we have a certain image in mind about evil where we think that it would be something like, you know, company that would be committing crimes. Mm -hmm. And as long as they're not hanging out with anyone doing that, then surely it's okay. Mm -hmm. But if we look up evil in Webster's 1828 dictionary, then um, we get a clearer definition of what that looks like. And Webster says, having bad qualities of a natural kind, mischievous, having qualities which tend to injury or to produce mischief, having bad qualities of a moral kind, wicked, corrupt, perverse, wrong as evil thoughts, evil deeds, evil speaking, unfortunate, unhappy, producing sorrow, distress, injury, or calamity as evil tidings. Evil is natural or moral. Natural evil is anything which produces pain, distress, loss, or calamity, or which in any way disturbs the peace, impairs the happiness, or destroys the perfection of natural beings. There's a lot of that taking place right now. Mm -hmm. Moral evil is any deviation of a moral agent from the rules of conduct prescribed to him by God or by legitimate human authority. Or it is any violation of the plain principles of justice and rectitude. There are also evils called civil, which affect injuriously the peace or prosperity of a city or state. There's been some of that going on too. And political evils, which injure a nation in its public capacity. All wickedness, all crimes, all violations of law and right are moral evils. Depravity, corruption of heart, or disposition to commit wickedness. So his definitions definitely break down evil um, into a more clear understanding of all the aspects of it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, maybe that'll help parents be more discerning in whether or not the company which their children keep is good company or not. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, the verse Proverbs 9, 6, forsake the foolish and live. You know, foolish is another word that we could look up (laughs) i've got the handy app here so let me pull it up all right so foolish is defined 
as void of understanding or sound judgment, weak in intellect, applied to general character, unwise, imprudent, acting without judgment or discretion in particular things, proceeding from folly or marked with folly, silly, vain, trifling, ridiculous, despicable. In scripture, wicked, sinful, acting without regard to the divine law and glory or to one's own eternal happiness. Mm. Proceeding from depravity, sinful, as foolish lusts. There definitely are overlapping Mm -hmm. definitions there, but some of them, I think, help clarify it even more. So, Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have two more episodes where we are talking about the duties of parents to their children from Cotton Mather's writings. And then we have some new themes that we're going to be bringing to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for joining us. Take care, everybody. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com. Check out our shop and our blog. And you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles. Also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Well, this is Heather Hall. And this is Brian Hall. For Christ and His Glory.